Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. So I don't know if you've noticed it over the last couple of weeks, Sean, but uh, businesses really seem to be starting to adapt to the new world and uh, uh, figuring out that you know they've sort of survived the crisis, uh, uh, repositioned. Some have pivoted. But it's it's really uh, it's really good to see that a lot of businesses are now really starting to to face into this new future and just figuring how to how to operate uh, effectively in this yeah, new world. Yeah, that's true. the The giants are awakening. The uh, it's uh, I think it's partly because they realize they were probably hoping this would all go away, and of course it hasn't. So they've now realized they've got to get on with it. Got to keep uh, you know making progress on their businesses. Yeah, and a lot of people would had been hanging their hats on vaccines and things like that, and that's still a long way off in the future. So we've got no choice. And so anyway, yeah. it's it's good to see it. It's it's a, a nice feeling in the business uh, atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I've got a story for you, Mark. Um, of course, it was it was triggered for me because this week Eddie Van Halen passed away, yeah, sixty five years old. So sad. Yeah. Now, I mean, I was never a really big Van Halen uh, fan or anything like that. But, I mean, you had to appreciate that guy's virtuoso abilities on the guitar, right? I mean, it mm. was uh, out of this world sort of stuff. Um, but it got me thinking about this story, what I want to try out with you, right? So back in the, you know, the 1980s, I mean, Van Halen was like the biggest band around. It was... You know that that great tradition of American rock band, and when they would roll into a, a city for a performance, it would be it would involve like nine eighteen wheelers rolling into town, and they would set up a stage that they estimated weighed about the same as a seven four seven. Okay, that's a big stage. It's a big stage, but it's also a complex stage. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that could go wrong. Right. Oh, that's right, because they had lights and pyrotechnics and heaps. Oh, of- the whole, the whole yeah. nine yards, right? So Van Halen, uh, you know, they asked for a lot of things, you know, like bands of those days and today even. I, they, they would have the rider that they wanted. They want certain things in their dressing room. And Van Halen always asked for a bowl of M&Ms to be in their dressing room, but with one specific proviso, and that was... There must not be any brown M and M's. Now, <laughs> didn't like that, the brown M and M's. Okay. That that request was was inside a long contract of all the things that needed to be um, you know put in place for the stage to be set up and ready to go. Well, of course, as Van Halen would arrive at their dressing room, you know, for their rehearsal gigs, they would go straight over to that bowl of M and M's, and if they saw brown M and M's in that bowl. They immediately requested a full review of the stage setup, all the safety parameters, because they figured that if they didn't catch the request for the M&Ms and the omission of the brown ones, these people weren't detail people. And they might have missed the, something else. They might have missed something else. And so that's where they'd put the full review on and make sure this thing was locked down and safe and, and ready for the big gig that they were going to do. So, what do you reckon? That's a classic uh, move, isn't it? In terms of, you know, sort of just just making sure that the details have been done. Oh, totally. And it's, I guess, um, 
I like that there's a little surprise in that there was a reason for it. It wasn't just some irrational request from eccentric rock and rollers. That's it. Who happened to have a penchant for red, blue, anything other than brown (laughs) M&Ms. Yes, exactly. Um, So what do we like about this story? What stands out for us? You've already said the surprise element, but is there anything else that uh, uh, you like in that telling? Oh, well, I, I liked the visual elements. I can picture the, uh, the nine 18-wheelers uh, rolling to town. I'm assuming everyone knows what an 18-wheeler is. So that's, that's, we need to think Big about Big semi-trailer, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's but you and I know that. But, you, but it's, it's, it's important when you, when you say things like that, you think about, does my audience, does that resonate? So you know, if you said that to a bunch of 18-year-olds, would they have any idea what you were talking about? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But but for me, good good imagery there. Yeah, yeah. And I think the analogy of the the, the stage being at least the weight of a seven four seven. I think that's a uh, you know a nice touch uh, just to again you know give people an impression of just how big and substantial these uh, stages were. Right? It also provides another little useful link that seven forty seven analogy, and that is that that's a that's a technically complex thing. And even though you didn't explicitly make that link yep. about the technical complexity, it's 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 kind of uh, there you know, implied yeah. by the seven forty seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, now I think that there's another thing that I find interesting about this story, and that is it doesn't. It doesn't stay within uh, a specific time and place, right? It's told at a sort of a generalised level um, until the very end, when it's a specific moment of the band walking into their dress, re- you know, their dressing room and having a look at the bowl of M and M's, right? So that's when you're down to the moment level. But before that, it's told as a sort of like a combination of a bunch of events that have occurred over and over again through lots and lots of cities. And, but you you know, you're just setting that up. You're sort of building that sort of background, if you like, all to get to this moment of checking out the bowl. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of how our opinions form that an event happens and it happens again and again. And then you don't think about the specific event. You just have a view about the way things are in that situation. And, um, yeah, so that generalization is just it's like a concatenation of a whole bunch of individual events but you don't need the individual events because it's yes. a, it's kind of a pattern actually i heard a lovely quote this morning mark i was listening to um uh, a psychologist lisa feldman barrett on the lex friedman podcast and she's and i wrote this down in my evernote uh she said that we are continually cultivating our past as a means of controlling our future and i I like this fact that you know all these events all these stories that we have they're essentially their memories they're our experiences and that then has this impact on how we see the future what we see and what we don't see you know anyway i think just that build-up of that story is sort of helps people remember some of those past events. Yeah, that's a really interesting podcast as well. That uh, Lex Friedman uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been enjoying it. Mike's put it on, put me onto it, so uh, starting to enjoy some of the episodes. Yeah, I, I like how he's able to talk about AI and other really complex issues in very plain language. 
Yes. Yeah, no, he's definitely worth listening to. So it's good. And I like the fact, too, that they're very long podcasts. So, you know, you can get a real good interview with someone and, you know, you can dive in and get in some of the depth of things, which I think is always great as well. I just find maybe it we should get, Maybe we should get back to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so tell me, uh, what about the things that could potentially make this story even better? Mm. What, uh, what might we do? Uh, I mean, maybe you could hum a few bars of some of Van Halen's music. <laughs> well, well. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking if I had an experience, like if I had a... Uh, an experience with Van Halen in the sense of gone to a gig or something like that, that would be a nice personal moment to throw into that story, I think. Um, or the other thing is that if I had a, an example of, you know, one of these indicators, you know, they, these M&M indicators, we're sort of getting into the business point now, but I think, um, I think that could actually uh, sort of bring some interesting uh, liveliness to the, the story. But I kind of like the story, the fact that it's kind of short. Like I think I told it in probably maybe 30, 45 seconds, right? It's, it's not a long story. Yeah, it's, it's one of those really compact stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I can't think of anything else particularly that we might add to it. Um, no, look, and, and as we've discussed, it depends on the context in which you're using it. But in most business applications, something really short and compact like that is that's its that's its strength yeah yeah exactly so, so we we don't want to like labor the point too much about all you know we, all the things you could have done I, I guess I, i'm i'm very drawn to the w edwards deming view of this which is requisite quality you know the, the whole quality management thing you know, oh it's got to be top quality no no that it needs to be good enough to get the job done yeah yeah no, i'm with you on that uh what about how we might use this in a business context what would be some of the uses? Well, for me, one of the, the, the ones is that things are not always as they appear and you, you shouldn't make assumptions because I'm sure that a lot of people listening to that would have kind of gone, oh, yeah, it's just a rock band with a crazy request. And, yeah. it's, and, and there's a lot of uh, situations in business where you, you just make assumptions about the way people are and the way other other businesses operate or other business units or other teams and you shouldn't always assume you should seek to understand first. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think there's uh, something along the lines of it's good to have indicators, you know, in your in your job that or in your business that illustrate the job's been done right. Right? That they that you can in just by looking at that one little thing, you can then Sort of go. Oh, okay. They've probably done a good job for this. Which yeah, you know, this yeah. is what these guys. Yeah, and it's not I a guarantee, it's, but it's an indicator. Not a guarantee, but it's an indicator, right? And and I think then you know, if this story caught on in your business, you could actually use it as a bit of language. You could sort of say, uh, you know, so what's our brown M and M's on this? You know, yeah. like, well, what's our little indicator that will tell whether the job's been done well or not? Um, yeah, so you know, every business has those types of things, you know, because you can't go through and do the full review every time. But if you know that the person, for example, uh, can answer these three questions, or if you know that uh, when you look at the project plan, they've covered off these, you know, two things that you know are really important, but sometimes don't get covered off. Then yeah, these are the yeah. things that are indicators. 
Yeah. And, I, and a lot of people are involved in the process of specifying requirements and things like that. And uh, it's a good question to ask. What are the what are some of the the the, the, the indicators? Some of the brown M and M's that we could make sure are covered so that we can get some I don't know some confidence that they've delivered against what we're after. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, so, I think we've done this story, Mark. I think it's um, pretty well covered. No, uh, no, no. You've goodness. got another thing. Oh, goodness. No. Oh, you've Come got on. another one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so if you've got a team that's involved in doing a project, one of the kit things you need to, yeah, we're under time pressure, there's a big scope, etc. There's a temptation for people to skip the details. And so you could tell that story and go, look, folks, um, yes, I know we're under time pressure. I know this is a big, important job, but we've got to make sure we've we've found all the brown M and M's here. We can't miss any. Yeah, you know, we, we we can't be. Uh, we have to get the details right. So I think that yeah, story right, okay. in that circumstance is very useful, just to keep people focused on the fact that yes, okay, we still got to get the job done, but we can't afford to be skipping over some of the key details. Can't cut the corners. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I like that. That's a good one. Well, I think it's time to give it a rating then. What do you reckon, Mark? How would you uh, put this? Uh, how would I put this? In rating terms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's where I, I was thinking rating terms. <laughs> Not geographically or physiologically. Um, where would you put it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I'm going to give this a seven. A seven? Yep. You know, the funny thing is, I was thinking about the fact that this, this I wrote, I, you know, I, I share this story in putting stories to work. So I've, I've known about this story for some time, and, but I haven't used it, you know, I haven't told it in, you know, the intervening period. So even though I kind of like the idea, I don't know if the usability is all that high. It all depends on what job you have, I think, but. Um, Given all that, I'm thinking I'm going to give it a six and a half. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I agree. Okay. They, you know, it's a cool story, but usability is one of the key factors. So might be a challenge. I don't yeah. know. It would be interesting to hear from our listeners whether they think that they can put that one into practice. And we'd love to know how you do it. Like, what what did you do to tell that story? Yeah, and we've um, had some good feedback from recent episodes where people have come up with additional business points so they can see different ways of using the story that we've covered. So maybe this is one of those kind of sleeper ones where our audience will have a lot of insight into some of the ways it could be used. You never know. You never know. Well, with that, thanks, everyone, for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. It's been great to have you along. So, yeah, tune in next week uh, yeah, for another episode of How We Put Our Stories to Work. Until then, see you soon. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.